This is A Smaller Life, a podcast about making more conscious and more ethical choices within our crafts. Hosted by me, Saskia de Feiter. I'm a small business owner who wants to grow by going smaller. Together with local makers, I make tools, yarns, and accessories for knitters that want to buy less, buy better, make more, and make it last. In the podcast, I endeavor to answer the question we ask ourselves before we start a project. What do we buy? Where do we buy? Who do we buy from? Or don't we buy at all? But use what we already have. Because when you think about what you do, you take more time and end up with less of everything. As a result, you'll get a smaller life. Hi, I thought it was time that I introduce myself and talk to you a little bit about the why. Why am I doing this podcast? It's early. I am in the middle of Rotterdam in the Netherlands in my former yarn shop, which I now call my studio. Um, My yarn shop is three levels. You come in and there's a lot of windows. There's a split level and there is a a basement. I usually work in the basement where I, I dye my yarns. There's the kitchen there and we used to do workshops there. When you come in the store, you'll get a sense of lightness it says nature because you see a lot of wood you see a lot of wool i've got a whole bunch of chamber plants chamber plants is that even a word in english the plants there's a lot of green in the shop um and the theme is i guess you would say industrial but basically i built the shop around this working bench that is like super heavy it has a wooden top and the most beautiful green little drawer under it. And uh, it's my favorite green. I love that industrial grayish green. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Around that working table, which is something you'll find in a carpenter's place, (laughs) I built this interior by collecting little bits and bobs, like a little bit of Ikea and then a whole lot of things that I collected through the years. I've got an antique Swift here that I brought back from the Isle of Isla in Scotland. Um, it's my most treasured piece and it's just being beautiful here. And I let nobody touch it because it's it has the silk ribbons on it from, oh, it must be more than hundred years ago. And it is, the wood is carved. And as you can hear, I'm in the middle of the city. I'm, I'm painting like a pretty picture of Scotland here while the vans are like Hong Kong. <laughs> um, I've got, I guess it's a wreath. Some words I don't know how to pronounce them. I am Dutch, and so I'm doing my best. I have an American accent because I have worked as a camp counselor in upstate New York for three months, and my American hasn't left me, um, even though I probably speak to more British people than Americans. But um, So that's a little bit about the atmosphere. When you go up the stairs uh, to the mezzanine, right now I have moved the ginormous table that was in the middle of the room. I moved it to the sides and it's now my work table. Before I would teach uh, around that table, people were sitting around it, or I had a lot of stuff on there like uh, yarns and uh, buttons and it was just part of the shop. 
And it was made by my partner uh, by hand. And uh, it is probably one of the, yeah, it's, it's very dear to my heart because he is not a handyman at all. He's an entrepreneur himself. And he said, I made it on sheer willpower. And you can totally see it's by no means perfect, but it is awesome and great to me. So uh, it is now my working table and it's pushed to the side. I've got cardboard boxes underneath for packaging because the shop is still functional as an online shop. And you might ask if you don't know me and you just happened upon this podcast, so why is your shop closed? Why is it not a shop anymore? And why do you use it as a studio right now? Um, well, I had heart surgery a year ago and it was not a big deal. It is the kind of surgery that like one after another person gets daily. But there were some complications and um, it took a little longer. And after three months, I figured out that it wasn't mended. It was actually worse. And so I was left with another heart issue. I've been working very, very hard. And all of that together was getting a little bit too much. I had to decide whether to get another operation or to take medicine for the rest of my life, like drugs that are serious. It's not like anything you take uh, for a headache is like serious stuff. Or I could drastically change my life and start working less. And as I was already thinking that the balance of the amount of work and, and energy and effort I put in compared to what came out the other end, um, it wasn't right. It just didn't make sense. And I believe that if you are not getting that balance right, it should be a hobby. It shouldn't be your work. And so I decided to start working less to do that first and see what that will bring me. And um, I closed the shop for a couple of days a week. So I was only open for like two days, three days a week. But then COVID drop by and things changed drastically. So having a heart condition, I'm also a large woman, so I'm overweight and I'm asthmatic. So those are three risk factors. And I was working hard, so I was a little bit, I wasn't burned out, but it wouldn't take long before I got burned out. So I was at that time where I thought, okay, this is too much. So as one of the first shops in the street, so I guess in the city, so I guess in the country, uh, I talked to Angela, my friend and colleague, and worked out a plan, like on a blackboard with like marks and everything. Like if we do this, then this happens. And what can we do then? And we should do this. And then, so it was almost like <laughs> we were sitting at the table with our laptops. It looked like some sort of FBI uh, scheme or whatever. So... I emailed my students, I emailed my customers, and we decided to close the shop. And because we still don't know where it's going, lots of shops have reopened, but I don't want to be in that position. I just, I would be so stressed out by the end of the day. I'm very, um, I'm a sensitive uh, person and I take over a lot of energy from other people. So I am totally... Um, drained by the end of the day as it is. And in this situation, having to mind people keep their distance, not touching everything. I, I just, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. It's like, it was so counter, um, counterintuitive to 
figure out a way to keep the shop open. So I went the other way. And then I decided the best thing is to go back to the core. Why do I love this so much? And why do I want to keep going? Is this the moment that I say, I'm going to quit. This is enough. I'm going to do something else. I'm going to go back to marketing, back to the things I did before. Of course, I worked in, uh, in the music scene, so I guess um, there's not much to go back to right now. But I didn't take that decision because I didn't want to. I love what I do. I have had my shop for 10 years. I know a lot. I've got a lot of things to share with people. And so I started asking my customers, what do you need? Uh, what is your biggest issue when it comes to knitting? Uh, where do you constantly get stuck? Uh, what can I help you with? And besides the, the obvious drop stitches and uh, techniques that people still want to learn, there were a few things that kept floating to the surface. People kept saying, I'm overwhelmed. I don't have focus. I'm not getting things done. Where knitting is obviously a slow process. One of the things that I am good at is getting an overview of, of a situation, of uh, a time period, of a movement. And I felt like this was happening for a while now. It was happening within myself, but also around me. I talked to a lot of people and I saw it happen. I think the new wave of knitting has been going now for about almost up to 20 years. And all those people around me that have knitted for that long, they have so much yarn. They keep buying. They will never be able to knit what they have. There's actually a word for that for those who don't know. They call it sable. It's, uh, let me see if I remember correctly, stash acquirements beyond life expectancy. So... Yeah, way too much yarn. And that's only one of the things. Every every month almost, every quarter, there's this new beautiful magazine, multiple beautiful magazines, and we all feel like we need it because our knitting friends have it. We see it on Instagram. It's so pretty. We want to have it because it promises us a prettier lifestyle, like with pretty knitwear, and we'll be so good at all the techniques if we just get that magazine and make that pattern. Only we don't. We just pile them up and every once in a while we knit something from it or we don't knit something from it at all. And that's fine. There's lots of ways that you can look at that. It's surrounding yourself with items you love, with materials that inspire you. It is having your own library to dive into and get this warm, fuzzy feeling of things that might be. It is all very, very wonderful and lovely. And I love my stash. I do. At the same time, when it becomes too much, it's almost like we get a little bit of that fast fashion culture. I need the new things now. I need that brand because that's the cool brand. I need that colorway because that sells out really fast. So it must be awesome. So I need to have it because if I do, then my person will become better. And I think we kind of know better and we're a little bit ashamed um, and we don't have to be. I think that we can kill a lot of birds with one stone and coming from a vegetarian that is um, that says something. 
So what I think is when people say, I get overwhelmed by all the things in the knitting world, I am lacking focus, I don't get things done. And especially right in the middle of COVID, lots of people just want a better world. They want things to be quieter, calmer, more lovely, um, taking like the raw edge of everything. Um, and that's why we started knitting in the first place. So I believe that if we focus on making the right decisions within our knitting, if we acquire information, if we learn, if we get smart, we will make better decisions. And as a result, we will be more focused and there is less to choose from. If you are going to find some yarn that doesn't hurt the environment, it doesn't hurt animals, and it is respectful to humans, then there's a lot of things you can't buy. So that gives you focus, right? So this is the idea of me focusing now on a conscious knitting club, a conscious community of knitters online, where I can not only reach the people in my uh, proximity that come to my shop, but I can focus on a larger audience and share my, my knowledge and share my resources and the connections that I've made through the years. And together, whether it be in that free community, it's where everybody's welcome. You don't have to pay a thing. I'll share in the show notes where you can find that. Or if you really want to get to work with this, you can join the membership. We have a conscious knitting club and every month we'll have a theme and we'll do like four assignments every week, an assignment around that theme, which will make you more focused and knowledgeable and help you make the right decisions. Also like being in that community and talking to other people that feel the same way and having a bit of accountability will also help giving you the idea of a, a smaller life where you can just do what you really want to do. Just focus on the things that you really love and focus on what sparks joy for you, if you know that term. So yeah, that is why I am now focusing on my online business and my brand, Yavol. And with that brand, I sell handmade tools and accessories and yarns for knitters. And those tools, accessories, and yarns all go through this very strict, <laughs> like what is the word, um, balotage, where I look at how they are made and I usually actually select the artisans myself and then we design the stuff together. So for instance, I work with Eveline. She makes leather bags and she makes those bags from offcuts of a larger industry. So she uses offcuts for her designs. And then her and me together use the offcuts of her designs. So we let nothing go to waste. And we make needle cases and yarn. I, I want to call them yarn bags. They are like pouches where your ball of yarn sits in and you can feed the yarn from that leather pouch. You can hang on your bigger bag or your belt, or you can fold it over and it's a yarn bowl. It's, they're awesome. They're my favorite product, to be honest. And we make those, we make a larger version as, um, as a knitting bag and lots of fun things. I work together with Yvonne and she makes lanolin soap. Actually, she's teaching her daughter to make the soap right now because she's a midwife and she literally has got her hands full. <laughs> and so uh, we have lanolin soaps for washing your woolens. There are bullet journals 
designed especially for knitters where the dimensions of the, the little dots on the page have the dimension of a knit stitch. So when you design, you will see what it will look like. Because if you do that on a square grid, it will look morphed. And they're made of repurposed folders. So they're awesome as well. They're made just around the corner. Um, I dye my own yarns. I try to get them as local as I can. I have woolen pouches from the upholstery studio just down the road. And she uses the, the offcuts to make little pouches. And I am forever looking for new makers that I can work with. And we can focus on doing it the right way. And so this is what Yavol will be in the future. I will focus on building a community where people can learn from each other, find each other and feel comfortable and safe and warm and inspired to do the right thing. And, and it's also very important that there's a lot of freedom there. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. It's meant to give you something, not take something away from you. So we'll never say, don't buy anything. Of course not. It's your life. You make those decisions. We just want to give you the information so it's easier to find things that take a lot of boxes. And um, yeah, I would love to see you in, those, in that community, in the club. I have a website with my products and I'm on Instagram under at Javel Rotterdam. So I'd love to see you there. Please follow me wherever you can, subscribe to the podcast, and I would be very, very, very thankful if you would leave a review so more people can hear about this. I am going to do interviews with professionals in my industry and overlapping industries. And we're going to talk about how we can have a smaller life. We're going to talk about the decisions we make as people, as entrepreneurs. So it's going to be a very interesting podcast for entrepreneurs as well. And it's going to be bilingual. So most of it will be English, but when I have a Dutch guest that feels more comfortable speaking Dutch, I will do a Dutch interview every once in a while so that Dutch people that are not comfortable with English can listen to it as well. And I hope to see you again. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more about the products I talked about or our Conscious Knitting Club or our general online community, go to ja-wol.com. Ja, Vol.